Good morning. Good morning. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us today on this Tuesday, January the 17th. Uh, starting this year off with a bang. Appreciate you taking your time each Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time to join with us as we have kingdom discussions. This is John Arcovio in Irvine, California, and so happy today to just connect with you. I do want to just mention again to you that if you um, have not been able to sign up on our six weeks uh, advanced prophetic training, six weeks advanced prophetic training is going to be starting January the 20, excuse me, February the 21st. I hope it's not going to start January. We're not ready. <laughs> February the 21st, we're going to be kicking off this online training. It will take place on Tuesday evenings at 6 p.m. Pacific time. And you'll want to be sure to um, be a part of this. I'm going to go ahead and throw into the chat the um, uh, the link for that. So if you will want to click on that while we're doing our um, broadcast here, you'll be able to click on. So we welcome our friends. Our pastors from Pakistan, our pastors that are part of Spirit-Led Family India, welcome. John Paul Jones, God bless you. Uh, I've been praying for you, John, that your back gets better. Uh, thank you for joining us. John Paul Jones is from uh, Indi uh, Indiana. So glad you are here. God bless you. We've got Bishop Patrick from Kenya. God bless you. So good to see you again. And... Uh, Thank you so much. Uh, if you want to just go ahead and jump on the chat and let us know where you're from. And if you want to share this with your social media groups, we'd sure appreciate it. We certainly have a wonderful, wonderful blessing today in that we have Dr. Mark Verkler with us. Dr. Mark, thank you so much for taking time to uh to connect with us and to join with us. And uh, we appreciate all that you do for the kingdom and your heart. Uh, <clears throat> Dr. Mark was raised on a dairy farm in Lowville, New York, and he grew up evangelical Baptist. And um, uh, he also uh, called, uh, in, was called in the Apostolic Christian Church of America where he accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior at 15. And uh, grew up with some extremely conservative worship services and experienced um, just Jesus in, in those settings. He met his wife, Patty, and she was a conservative evangelical United Brethren. And they met at the Roberts Wesleyan College in North Chile, New York. I don't think I've ever heard of North Chile. I think it's the first time I heard of North Chile. But now I know. And they got married in the third year, and they both experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit before they graduated from uh, Roberts Wesleyan College, and they started walking in the apostolic and charismatic, and uh, had become became wholly committed to the spirit-filled lifestyle. Uh, Dr. Mark has received a master's of theology from Miami Christian University, and then a PhD from Carolina Christian University. And um, I, I actually met uh, Dr. Mark through Jan Jennifer. Uh, uh, we have, as you know, connections with Kairos University and doctors uh, Brian and Grace Kim. 
and Dr. Mark is now teaching uh, a class there, a, 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 a series on hearing God's voice. And that's what we're going to discuss today is hearing and knowing the voice of God. Dr. Marks had opportunity to teach this all over the world. He was on That Supernatural with Sid Roth, teaching on hearing God's voice. He's done some teaching with John Arnott with Catch the Fire up in Canada, as well as working with Randy Clark in Global Awakening, teaching people how to hear God's voice and know God's voice. So we're certainly honored on our humble little broadcast here to have uh, such a wonderful uh, world traveler and, and minister of the gospel. But one thing that really just struck me about Mark is just his uh, his very, very sincere and just approachable. He's just a very humble, uh, wonderful man of God. So thank you so much, Mark, for being with us today. <laughs> John, it's great to be with you. Thank you very much for having me. <clears throat> Amen. So, you know, um, hearing God's voice, you know, a lot of people... They think that, okay, if God's going to speak, it's going to be this big, booming, you know, my child, you know. I can remember the first time I heard God's voice, and uh, it was booming, and it was when I was nine years old. And I was living in Austin, Texas, and actually in Oak Hill, it's a small country town about 20 miles out of Austin. And they had started to build this subdivision in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the country. And they built one block of five houses, and I guess the builder ran out of money. And so that was it. And it just, that's all. And to this day, that's all that's there in this big open field. But there was a creek at the back of our house, and there was a lot of two by fours and plywood that was laying out now overgrown with about four foot of grass. And I discovered it one day while I was out poking around. And, and I loved to build even from a child. And so I wanted to build a tree fort. We had a big old cedar tree in our backyard. And so I would, I went and jumped, would jump the creek and make a little path into this, these weeds, start pulling these two by fours out and this plywood to build my tree fort. Well, I was making one of many trips and I had just jumped the creek, was starting to walk into the grass when I literally heard a visible voice say, Stop. And I remember as a nine year old kid, I stopped with my foot still frozen in the air and I looked down. And Diamondback Rattlesnake, probably as big around as my waist, was crossing the path, which I just stepped right in the center of his back, been struck. And, of course, then, you know, we live in the country. My parent, Both my parents worked. I mean, they were probably 30 minutes away by driving. And there's no time what would have happened. But that was probably the first time I could say that I heard God's voice in that measure. Never again. I've never had a voice that loud from what I sensed coming from mm -hmm. above. Speak to me so audibly, so forcibly. But I did begin to discern the still small voice of God, just that those impressions, those and because we teach a lot on hearing God's voice, and we talk about you know how God speaks through the still small voice, and that's can sound just like your own thoughts. God will use that same process, and then of course there are signs He gives that that will help you to to, to um, narrow down God's voice from other voices. And then, of course, there's impressions. Then he speaks through nature. He speaks through um, uh, people. He speaks through so many different measures that you learn where God speaks because he speaks through his written word. And um, so, you know, I know as I begin to grow and as I begin to move into the prophetic as a young man, 
and begin to start flowing into hearing God's voice and speaking words of prophecy to people. Um, it was more through um, the still small voice and then through impressions where I would just feel led, drawn uh, to people. And and uh, uh, I'll tell one little, one little story and then we're going to dive into uh, hearing from you, Dr. Mark. I was in Ethiopia doing a crusade and we had just landed. We had flown 21 hours, had driven nine hours. I was exhausted. And we arrived at this place with a little bungalow was just all scattered our team was about 27 people they just handed me a key to number nine and said your your, your hut's over here and they were literally huts we were staying in and i went and opened the door and there was just a cot laying there and i just put my bags down washed my face fell on the bed with my clothes on and was asleep within <laughs> two minutes i was so exhausted well it was about an hour later i suddenly woke up when i heard god say get up I want you to speak with who was the leader of the country at that time. His name was Marion. I want you to speak to him. He has something to tell you. I thought, okay. So I got up and stepped outside in this black night. And my eyes adjusted. I saw a guard stand there with the AK-47 who's guarding our huts. And I said to him, I said, do you know where Marion Gezahegne's hut is? He shook his head because he didn't know English. Because they speak Amharic there. I thought, well, God, how am I going to find this in this pitch dark? I just felt impressed to start walking. I started walking down this path. Then I felt impressed when it came to a split to go to the right. And then I felt to go to the left. And then I felt to walk, split three ways to go on the center one. And pretty soon I rounded the corner about 15 minutes later. And I'm standing in front of a one more hut. And I'm standing there. And I thought, well, if this, if this is it, you know, do I knock on the door and wake this person up? I stepped one step up on the, the little porch in front of the hut. And a voice came out and said, John Arcovio, come in. I've been waiting for you. <laughs> okay. So I walked in and sat down at the feet of this apostle. I heard him talk about persecution. For He talked all the way to sunrise. It's about persecution and things he had gone through. Had been put in jail and had seen this baby killed for preaching the gospel and just things like that. And it forever impacted my life. But again, God spoke through that whole process through this to the impressions of his spirit and uh, other than him telling me to get up and go that's all i heard he didn't tell me to go and do this and that so that's kind of a life experience there so diving in there dr mark i hope i haven't set you up in the wrong way but uh why don't you maybe just uh, share us a little bit of your experience of how god has brought you into the realm and the place of hearing his voice okay well john thanks for sharing those stories i seems to me like sometimes God shouts, you know, when he really wants your, like, like you're at the point of death and God says, stop right now. And I consider that shouting, just like my wife once in a while will shout if I get totally unruly and, and she needs to really get through my thick head, she'll, she'll shout. But normally she doesn't shout. Normally we just talk, you know. So, yeah, it's, God shouts occasionally to get our attention, but normally I think he just wants to talk, more the impression kind of thing that you're talking about. And but when I got saved at age 15, you know, I was taught initially God wasn't talking anymore. And I rejected that pretty soon because the Bible says my sheep hear my voice. And I was a sheep, you know, so, but I couldn't understand why I couldn't hear a voice because there, there was no booming bass voice. There was no treble voice. There was no voice. I mean, you're mentioning the word impression over and over. I ended up going with the, the phrase spontaneous flowing thoughts, which I think mm. is very, very, very close to an impression, you know, 
and when an impression comes to you, a thought comes to you, hey, I should do this, you know? And for me, the best definition became like a flowing thought. And, and I had never given attention to flowing thoughts because I, you know, I went to school and no one said tune to flow. And I went to church and nobody said tune to flow. You know, <laughs> even though the Bible is really clear, there's a river that flows from the throne of God into my heart when I accept Christ in and out of my innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. This he spoke to the spirit. So if I want to tune to the spirit, I would be tuning to flow, um, flowing thoughts, not analytical construction, constructed thoughts that I built with my own brain. And so 10 years into my Christian life, having not been able to hear God's voice for those whole 10 years, I had a thought come to me. Why don't you take a year of your life and learn to hear God's voice? Of course, that thought was a spontaneous flowing thought. I mean, I didn't think it up. It just, boom, just lit. So we could call that an impression or we can call it a flowing thought. And, and I said, oh, I think that's probably a good thought. Well, first I objected. I said, I don't spend a year to learn anything. I, I take a course, you know, in two or three months and it's all over. And then I take another course in college. We took five courses every three months. So, so, but another thought came and said, you know, you spent 10 years in diffused effort. You didn't get, didn't get through to hear God's voice. If you spent one year in focused effort and you got through, be the best year of your life. And I said, yeah, because Jesus did only what he heard his father speak mm. and saw his father doing. So he's in flow. He's hearing and seeing all the time. I'm hearing and seeing none of the time. And I wanted to be like Jesus. You know, we're supposed to imitate Christ. So I acted on that thought. Now, that flowing thought was the voice of God telling me to take a year of your life in focus. I wouldn't have identified it as God's voice. I would have at that point just said, oh, it's a thought that came to me. Um, but what I've now def I now say God's voice sounds like spontaneous flowing thoughts that light upon our mind. Mm. Uh, particular, and if our eyes are fixed on Jesus, there's a, about a 96, 98% chance that that flowing thought that's coming is coming from Jesus because the flow will come from the vision being held before your eyes. And so the Lord taught me like four keys. So that year, I ended up learning four keys to hearing his voice, um, which is what I teach all over the world. And, and if people use those four keys, they can hear God's voice every single day. <clears throat> Do you mind if we cover those four keys real quick? Would that be okay with you? That would be great. We're on key number four. Can we back up the key so number? I'm sorry. I, I was no, there, there we go. That, that, now, that's the verse that the Lord showed me. One morning uh, in the middle of that year that I was focused on learning to hear God's voice, God did wake me up with a booming bass voice and said, get up, I'm going to teach you to hear my voice. So again, I think he was shouting, needing to get through and knowing the only way I can get through is to shout, you know. And so I went to my office. He showed me Habakkuk 2, 1 and 2. Habakkuk's doing four specific things to hear God's voice. He's going to a guard post. Oh, that's one. He's keeping watch to see. That's two. And then three is... Uh, what God will speak to him. And then key number four is he's going to write it down. So let's go back to key number one and let's just look at those. So I'm going to stand in my guard post. So the Lord showed me key number one is, hey, just have a place where you go quiet your own mind in the presence of God so you can pick up his thoughts. And well, I kind of pretty much, I kind of knew that, but I was kind of afraid to quiet my mind because I was taught Satan will get me if I have a still mind. Well, <laughs> if I don't want to give Satan that much power. And no. my mind is not just necessarily still. I'm My mind is busy fixing my eyes on Jesus. Okay. So, so, so key number one is just quiet yourself down. And key number two, if you want to go to that, the best way I've found to quiet myself down is to do what Habakkuk did. He said, I'm going to keep watch to see. And I thought, huh, 
I thought he should be saying, I'm going to listen to hear what the Lord will speak. Um, because that's what he's, he's trying to see. I will keep watch to see what God will speak. I said, no, 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 no. That's not the way you write that sentence. I'm going to listen to hear what God will speak. And so I said, God, what in the world is this guy trying to see? Because when I'm in prayer trying to hear your voice, I'm not trying to see anything. I'm trying to hear. Right. And the Lord showed me. He said, Mark, you're supposed to fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, just like King David did. King David said, uh, I behold the Lord at my right hand. And he's, that's Acts 2, uh, 25, I think it is. And he's, he's quoting Psalm 16, 8, where he says, I set the Lord at my right hand. So he's choosing to picture the Lord at his right hand. Well, I mean, I always knew God was Emmanuel, God with me. So I believed he was there, but I just never pictured him there. And, you know, we say in our culture, a picture is worth a thousand words. So maybe if I picture what the Bible says is true, instead of just thinking it, maybe it'll have a thousand times more power to impact me than just thinking thoughts. And so I decided to, um, that morning, God was showing me the four keys. I decided to picture myself in a Bible story with Jesus. I went to John chapter four, Samaritan, the, the, the Samaritan woman at the well with Jesus. And, and I grew up in the dairy farm. We had big round wells. So I just pictured the well, you know, from John four, I, I pictured Jesus sitting there on the edge of it, long flowing white robe, sandals on his feet, loving, gentle countenance. And I pictured myself, I put myself in a story. I pictured myself sitting there next to him, which I always ask people, is it okay to do that? You know, because, you know, I start by saying, is it okay to, to personalize the Bible and put your name in a Bible promise? Like by his stripes, I, Mark, work for him healed. And they say, yeah, you can do that. I said, well, can I put my whole self in the story? And, and they decide, yeah, I guess you could. And, you know, when I poll people, about a quarter of the people do put themselves, have put themselves in Bible stories, and the other three quarters never bothered to do that. So, But putting yourself in a story is part of Bible meditation. Joshua uh, 1.8, meditate my word day and night. Uh, one of the meanings of that word meditate in Hebrew is to imagine. Amen. So I'm, imagine I'm imagining the word. So imagine. Okay, and Bible does say hide the word of God in the imagination of your heart. So I'd never used imagery or my imagination in my Christian walk, purposefully in my Christian walk. I mean, it never crossed my mind to, you know. So, so I, at this point, I define a godly imagination as picturing things the Bible says are so. So if the Bible says that he's Emmanuel, God with me, I'm, I picture that. I'm, it's better than picturing he's not with me. Because if I want to picture he's not with me and it's just empty space here, that's obviously unbiblical. That's obviously a lie. And there's no reason to picture an unbiblical lie. You might just, as long as you're going to picture something, you, there's no, you got to picture something. Either you're going to picture there's nobody here next to me or there's Jesus next to me. There's, those are the only two choices you have. So, so I learned to intentionally use the eyes of my heart and do what I call godly imagination. Picture what things the Bible says are true. So I'm picturing that Jesus there sitting on the edge of the well next to me in John, you know, that morning. And um, and then I prayed the prayer that Paul prayed in Ephesians 1.17. I prayed that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. So I said, Holy Spirit, would you just take over this, this godly imagination and would you enlighten it? Would you, would you cause it to come alive? You know, and and as I did, I I tuned to flow and the scene came alive. And as it did, Jesus is gesturing, and as he's and just like a person gestures when they talk, and and the spontaneous flowing thoughts coming to me, and I open my eyes and begin to write it down. 
Okay, so now we're getting into keys three and four. So key three, if you want to go to key three, so key two was to look for vision, uh, key three, yeah, what, what he will speak to me. So we're going to say God's voice comes as spontaneous flowing thoughts. Uh, Bible says in John chapter seven, verses 37 to 39, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. This he spoke with the spirit. So when I'm going to tune to the voice of the spirit, which Jesus said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. He's going to lead you into all truth. So he's going to do it by flowing thoughts. I mean, just like evil spirits can give me flowing thoughts. I'm in the middle of, middle of prayer or worship and an evil spirit plops a, a perverted picture or idea spontaneously into my mind. That, that's a flowing picture and a flowing thought coming from an evil spirit. Well, I want stuff coming from the Holy Spirit, not an evil spirit. So I do know spirit level communication is registered within me as flowing thoughts and flowing pictures, whether it's an evil spirit giving it or the Holy Spirit giving it. And um, if my eyes are fixed on Jesus, it's very, very likely that the flow that will be coming will be coming from Jesus. If my eyes are fixed on getting even with you and beating you up in Christian love, then the flow is going to come through that distorted picture. The Bible does say, fix your eyes on Jesus. So, so let's go to the, back to the PowerPoint where we're at, yeah, flow. So I'm using flow and uh, the scene comes alive. Jesus begins to minister, okay? And a thought comes to me. So let's go to key number four then. When the spontaneous thought comes, the Lord tells Habakkuk, record the vision. So he say, hey, go ahead and write out that flow of thoughts. And so, so I began to do that. So that's the four keys, stillness, vision, spontaneity or flow. And then journaling, that, that's that's it. That's all there is to it. So yeah, we can take those down because I think we've got those now. But um, I had never used that bundle of four keys together as a package in my entire life. So this particular morning in 1979, where I learned this, I just used all four. I said, Holy Spirit, bring the scene alive. He did. Jesus gestured. Uh, flowing thought came. I wrote it down. And I ended up with like a short paragraph of stuff written on a sheet of paper. And I thought, huh, this is pretty cool. So I took it to my wife, Patty who I considered more spiritual than me. And I said, Patty, would you read this and tell me what you think about this? And she said, well, she said, that's God talking to you. I mean, he's very, he's saying very simple things like love and believe and, you know, the kind of stuff that he always said. And I, I, my faith rose when she said that was God. My faith elevated and I went back and did the same four things again. I quieted myself down, pictured Jesus next to me, said, Lord, is there more you want to say to me? I tuned the flow. And I got up half a page and I took it to Patty and she said, yeah, that's got you. <laughs> well, my faith went up and I went back and did that again for another 30 minutes, got another half a page. I did this all day because I'd spent 10 years trying to find his voice and no one could say to me, hey, Mark, it's as simple as quieting yourself down, fixing your eyes on Jesus, tuning the flow and writing. I mean, no one could say that sentence. So I, I never knew to do those four things. And and that, that day I wrote for five hours, God talking to me. Come so on. Now, yeah. So now I get to live out of communion with God. I get to take a daily walk with God in the cool of the day. And he gets to talk to me and chat about things that are on his my heart and my heart. We have two-way dialogue every single day. Beautiful. Which means I get to live out of his voice rather than have a book that he wrote a couple of thousand years ago. And, you know, when two lovers are in love... You know, when we got married, when I got married to Patty, she didn't hand me a book of rules. You know, she she offered me her voice, you know, and I get up in the morning and say, good morning, Lord. And Patty, uh, you know, I, I love you, you know, and um, give her a big hug. And she does the same to me. And 
and it, it never gets old. People say, well, you know, I, whenever I journal, God tells me he loves me. And I said, well, <laughs> I tell my wife I love her every day. It's just part of a healthy, good relationship. Yes. And you can go from there to wherever he wants to take you or wherever you need to go. But finally, after 10 years of my Christian life, I'd established two-way dialogue with God. I mean, I mean, easy, effortless. I mean, everybody has spontaneous thoughts. Everybody has flowing pictures. They just never said flowing pictures are coming from the river within and flowing thoughts are coming from the river within. Um, and because I just didn't have a theology about the a practical theology about the river. I had a theological theology saying, yes, there's a river within me, but I just never made it practical and said, oh, yeah, I bet if I tuned a flow, since it says out of my innermost being shall flow, I'll bet that flow is the river. And maybe when I'm speaking in flow, maybe it's the oracles of God. And maybe when I'm thinking in flow, I have the mind of Christ. And maybe when I'm laying hands on people and I can feel flowing energy pulsate in my hand, maybe that's the miracle healing power of the spirit flowing out through me. And uh, I'm convinced that's true. Amen. You know, Dr. Mark, that's so beautiful. You know, just thinking while you were talking kind of on my, uh, my life history. You know, I grew up in a Pentecostal uh, denomination where... Prayer was a great emphasis, but it was more about the power of prayer. Okay. And, you know, I was very familiar with all night prayer meetings and, you know, prayer service during the week that we just came specifically just to pray for an hour and things mm -hmm. of this nature. And when I was about 19, when I began to really develop through a lot of pain and a lot of trauma, just that personal relationship with, with Jesus that, I never quite understood or knew, even though I was spirit-filled and I grew up in a very dynamic, spirit-filled, supernatural environment. And it began with what you, what you said, the I will stand at my guard post. It just I had a certain time that was just a time alone with God that I set, that I would mm -hmm. uh, go and just go into my secret place, into a quiet place, and just begin to really pray and seek the Lord. And then during this time, of course, I would always t open my Bible and begin to just read. And it was during the reading time that that I will watch and see because I could I always knew that after I got done with the the verbal uh, speaking to God that if I would just quiet myself and either begin to read His Word or just wait, He would speak. And so I that's where I began prayer journals. And I, I've got a journal sitting by my chair right now, and I I have mm -hmm. a, a desk in here that I've got about. 30 journals in there mm -hmm. every mm -hmm. year going back to this time where I would put the date on it and write down anything God spoke to me that day. And then of course, you know, paying attention to what he would speak to me. And then, as you said, recording that vision and that's the, the prayer journal. So it's not exactly the same, but it's very unique to see that um, it follows that same flow, but it's, right. it's, you know, people try to make hearing God's voice spooky, weird. Yeah. They don't understand that God uses your thoughts. He's not going to yeah. create a whole new channel to speak to you. He, he's going to yeah. use the channel within, the, the, the thoughts within. It's just learning that flow of knowing and recognizing when God is speaking to you through the medium of thought. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it may sound like your own voice, your own voice, very close to it. But it's well, not. I mean, does the Gospel of Matthew sound like Matthew? You know, uh, you know, and does the Gospel of Mark sound like Mark? I mean, totally different style because Mark's very fast and very short. You know, immediately Jesus did this. Well, it's it's Mark's vocabulary and Mark's personality, but it's connected to the flow of the Holy Spirit. So it's still inspired scripture. And then you go to John, 
it's John's personality and John's education. And Come it's on. a totally different style. So it's the Holy Spirit woven to, into their personality. We two become one flesh. The Bible says when you join yourself to the Lord, the two become one. And, uh, and so you're united with him and he's flowing effortlessly out through you being highlighted by the personality he gave to you because he likes that personality, which is why he gave it to us in the first place. And each of our personalities are unique, you know? And so absolutely, it sounds like us so much so that Satan's number one thing is, well, that, that's not really God. That's just you, which is the first thing Satan said in the Garden of Eden. I mean, did God really say that? I don't think God really said that, you know? And in our minds today, same thing. People start journaling. And the first thing that comes to him, I can't be this easy. This this sounds like me. Well, yeah, it does sound like you because God joined himself to you. That's Come the on. miracle of Christianity, one spirit with Christ, you know? Come on. That's good I, stuff. And, you know, there also <laughs> has to be that separation. I know me uh, early on in my early 20s, even late teens, early 20s, you know, I I was struggling with hearing God's voice because of my perception of God. I had grown up in a very legalistic Mm -hmm. Very tough denomination, full mm -hmm. of a lot of rules and a lot of hell and fire, hell, fire and brimstone preaching. <laughs> you know, you yep. know, turn or burn. Yeah, exactly. So I was expecting to hear Papa's voice as this stern, angry father. Right, and right. I was missing it, and I was stunned when I began to realize he was just softly talking to me. <laughs> The things, the things he, he came, came across, across as suggestions than commands. Exactly. Why don't you try this? Why don't you do this? Why don't you? And I just did, I couldn't understand how he could be entreating and loving when I was yeah. used to the heavy-handed. So yeah. I had to shift my paradigm of what I was expecting to recognize he was speaking. And that wasn't yeah. my voice. Yep. And every single believer pretty much has to go through that same shift. I, I had to go through it because I figured God was beating on me all the time. And when I would come to him and say, God, I'm really sorry I sinned again, you know, he said, it's okay. It's covered by the blood. I said, yeah, but you don't understand how bad I feel. He said, Mark, it's covered by the blood. It's okay. I said, I'd like to promise I'll never do it again, but I probably will. He said, Mark, let it go. He said, it's covered by the, he said, it's a learning curve mistake. I said, oh, I he said, a learning curve mistake. He said, you can learn as much from the mistakes you make as you can from doing it right. So you need to learn to celebrate your mistakes because if you can't celebrate your mistakes, you're going to be depressed half your life. And I told you, I told you in everything, give thanks, which has to include your mistakes because it's part of everything. And I said, really? And so, yeah, he just, Mahovio God changed, mm -hmm. you know, he's not the authoritarian guy. I mean, Jesus turned to the disciples and said, hey, you guys want to leave too? You know, when people were leaving by the droves, he didn't issue a command, you know, and say, stand here and show your obedience to me. He just said, hey, you're free to go too, you know? So gentle, loving, kind, totally different than the way we pictured him and even preached him in the past, you know? My preaching style changed. My relationship with myself changed, with my wife changed, with my congregation changed. Instead of, instead of beating on all of us, I began to just love and lift each person because that's what prophecy comes for, to edify, lift, exhort, encourage along a path. He said to the woman caught in adultery, he didn't say, you're a miserable moron for sinning. He said, go. He said, what do you mean go? Get back here so I can bridge you. I said, no, go. And when you go, here's exhortation. Sin no more. Well, that's pretty simple. You don't want to hit me? No, not really. No, just, you know, just freedom, you know? And that's what I found in my journal, a different God the true God, not the God of religion.
And I think when we hear God's voice, we do hear that flow of, of where the majority of what God speaks is edification, exhortation, and comfort. Absolutely. And that's even what we do teach in our prophetic school is when God uses you in prophecy, turn off YouTube. You know, I, I, get, I get young people, they're just hearing God's voice, but they want to get words for nations and words for the president and words for, mm-hmm. for Le- LeBron James. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, just yeah. you know, let God speak to you about you. Yeah. And if you exactly. can respond and obey with him talking about you, your life, he'll give you more. Yeah. But you exactly. can't. You can't slap prophet in front of your name and all of a sudden expect God to be talking to you about national events. <laughs> well, exactly, because that's, I mean, prophecy is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. So that's what prophecy is. It's not predicting the future for the nation. It's building people up, edifying them, encouraging them along a path of faith and hope and love and, and comforting them. Say, hey, you know what? You're okay. God loves you anyway. Yeah, you blew it, but who cares? He understands how you're made. Your dust fused to glory. So that's... I love that. Dust you know, glory. So, so you just need to accept that your dust fuse <laughs> the glory. Dust fuse the glory. Yeah, that's what David 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 said. I'm, you know, my frame. I'm dust, and of course now we're fused to the to glory. So one side of me is very weak and sinful, and the other side of me is very nice. And you know, I can waddle back and forth from one side to the other, but I'm always going to have the two sides there. And if I can't accept that I'm dust fused to glory, I'm going to be beating myself up half my life because I, I don't want to be dust fused to glory. I want to be glory fused to glory. Well, I don't make the rules. This this body is made of dust. Okay. So and I did I need to learn to accept that or I'm going to be depressed. And I don't want to be depressed. I've already tried <laughs> depression. No fun, you know. So there you go. Oh my goodness. Just when you think you got it all straight, you know, <laughs> I remember one time the first time I ever went on a really long fast and I'm not I'm not encouraging this. Just if God talks to you and you have good spiritual leadership in your life and they agree, then you can, you could try this. But I decided to go on a 40 day fast, you know, water only. And um, God's grace, somehow we made it through it. I mean, without killing myself and mm-hmm. got to the end of it. And I thought I was ready to walk on water. And mm-hmm. I was so stunned when a week later, flesh pops back up again. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I thought you were dead. I yeah. thought I was ready to fly. <laughs> when you get to heaven, the flesh will be dead. In the meantime, it's still there. <laughs> oh, so good. So, so, so one of the questions I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, Lord, how come journal? I thought journaling was going to crush my prayer time. If I had to write my prayers out. I said, how come that released like page after page after page? And what he said to me, he said, Mark, he said, before you knew enough to write it down, if I would start speaking to you, your first thought would be, hmm, I wonder if that's God. Mm. And, and hmm is not faith. Hmm is doubt. And so when you come to me, you have to come in faith. You don't even come in faith for like two seconds. I get a half a sentence out of my mouth. And then you've shifted over to doubt and you've jammed the receiver and hung up on me. So we can't actually have an ongoing conversation because you won't stay on the line more than two seconds. But he said, if you're journaling, you realize you don't have to test it now. You can just stay in faith and write and write and write until the flow is done because you know you can test it later. Come on. And because you can stay in faith for five minutes, I can talk for five minutes. And you yeah. can write for five minutes. Come and on. So, so journaling is, I mean, there's hundreds of chapters of journaling in the Bible. I mean, the whole, all the Psalms, all the Revelation, all the prophets. 
and it's not there for no reason. It's there as a pattern for what we should be doing. Come on. So I just say, people, if you use those four keys together, stillness, vision, spontaneity, and flow, you can enter the two-way dialogue with God. It'll change your life. That's guaranteed. right. That's right. <laughs> Amen. Well, this has been a great discussion. Thank you so much for your time. Just kind of wrapping things up. You know, yes, God does speak to us. And I, you know, I, this is something that I really believe is, is a message for this hour, that God wants his people to hear his voice, to know his voice, and to obey his voice. And you don't have to be a prophet to prophesy. You don't have right. to be a prophet to hear the voice of God. And of course, I'm not dismissing the importance of those functions. They have their place within the ecclesia. But, you know, people sometimes they try to make hearing God's voice in the, in the spirit realm something that, that I believe God never meant it to be. Right. It's that relationship with a loving heavenly father that wants to spend time with us, to abide with us and us in him. And like I said, I won't go into a lot of detail about it, but I spent a lot of years in denomination and around what I call power Pentecost. And, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I, I bless I bless those groups and those people, but I, anymore I'm very suspicious and don't get around that environment that much. Just because, you know, sometimes tied to it is a lot of wounding, a lot of ego, a lot of positioning and posturing that's very damaging to people of God. Mm -hmm. And uh, unfortunately, yes, I did see, meetings where hundreds of thousands came to the kingdom of God and saw miracle signs and wonders. I saw my first person raised from the dead in my teens and saw miracles. And I do believe God is a, is a God of miracles. And I don't think he does want to do that in greater measure in this hour, but it's a flow of going through the people of God. God's raising an army, an army of believers, an army of, of sons and daughters of God that know who they are and know his voice Mm -hmm. And are are clearly hearing what God is mm -hmm. speaking to them, not mm -hmm. the mixtures, not mm -hmm. you know uh, something that you know someone who's very charismatic or has a strong personality spoke in some social media platform that they're repeating, but yeah. really that intimacy of knowing God's voice from day to day. Yeah. And you know, I, I this is not originating from me. I, I will tell you, I I received this teaching from bill johnson but i learned from him every morning when i wake up the second i begin to gain consciousness i turn my heart to him and the first words out of my mouth are god i just want to love you today i want to honor you i want to draw near to you and i want to share your love with somebody that needs to hear that you're a good god and you love them and that's my first prayer, my first waking thoughts, no matter what I'm, I'm going to face in the day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not it's not long before that that we enter our day and all the other voices start clamoring and get louder and louder and louder. And I just tune back into that mm -hmm. two or three times a day. Yes. Yeah. His presence, his love. Mm -hmm. And, you know, having said that, uh, Mark, just kind of in closing – why don't you share maybe what God's been sh speaking to you or what you would like to share with those in this hour that are, that are hungry for prophetic and they're desiring the supernatural. They want that next dimension of, of mm -hmm. knowing God and, 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 and his voice and miracles. And, but what would you speak to them as far as advice or counsel or direction and how they can move forward into a place 
of really knowing the voice of God and posturing or positioning themselves mm -hmm. to be a vessel that God can use for his glory. Okay. Well, I definitely agree with what you said, you know, that this is not just for prophets. You know, Jesus didn't say, my prophets hear my voice. He said, my sheep hear my voice. That means every single one of us. And I'm not a prophet. I'm a teacher in the body of Christ. And, and I can hear his voice. I, uh, and I can't prophesy too, but I'm not a prophet. Okay, so it's available for everyone. These four simple keys make it very easy. Our website address is on the screen and you can get a, an hour of me teaching through the four keys for free. They're all written out. You can get that and download it if you want to. And, um, and we have a book then also, you know, called 300 page book, Four Keys to Hearing God's Voice, which you can order. We have 10 hours of video of me teaching through it. So, you know, I took a year to learn <laughs> these four keys. And I would just say, if you want to do something really simple, you just practice the four keys daily for five minutes. You know, just sing in tongues for a few minutes or fix your eyes on Jesus in whatever way is comfortable. And then just uh, tune to flow. Um, ask him and say, Lord, good morning. What do you want to say to me? Put a smile on your face. I picture myself as a kid because <laughs> he said, come as a child. All right. So if, if I picture myself, at, and my grandkids can journal and hear God's voice at eight. They can journal and hear God's voice and see vision and see their angels and the, the whole thing because we've made it simple. You know, we made it simple. It's flowing thoughts and flowing pictures, you know, and you and you might have an emotional response, but you may not, depending on how God wired you. He didn't wire me with intense emotions, so I don't normally have an emotional response. If he wired you with intense emotions, you're probably going to have one, and that's fine. Either way is fine, but we don't have to judge ourselves by each other. So just spend some time working with the four keys, five minutes a day. You know, quiet yourself down, picture Jesus, say, good morning, Lord. What do you want to say to me? Tune to flow, write for a few minutes, and then go share it with somebody you respect. Hopefully your spouse will be the number one person you'll share it with and ask them, hey, does your heart bear witness that came from God? And if they say yes, I mean, the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every rhema, every word is confirmed. And I think it's John 6, 63, and that word, word is rhema, everything he speaks. So I take my journaling and I share it with my wife and share it with my kids because my kids are now full grown and they work in the ministry with me. And so I bounce my journey off. There's my three people, my wife and my two kids, Josh and Charity. So, and they, if they affirm it's God, you know, and I, I don't ask them what they think. I say, does your heart bear witness this came from God? And if they say yes, well then, Hey, I'm off and running. I just got some beautiful instruction or encouragement from God. I've had it confirmed. I've used God's system for discovering truth, which is about two or three witnesses confirming it. And, and I'm off and running. And um, boy, I, right now I need to hear God's voice because I look at governments and they're so wicked and I can get depressed. If I'm going to spend any time gazing there, I'm going to be depressed. And I'm that, that now I'm not a world changer. And the world needs the church to be full of faith, hope, and love. And we can and will be if we are hearing God's voice because God says, hey, I didn't fall off my throne. <laughs> I'm still here ruling. And I'm working all things out for good. And yeah, you're seeing darkness right now. But then the dawn comes right to the darkest spot. So why don't you get excited? Because we're in a dark spot. And that means the dawn's coming really, really soon. So you can be very excited right now because there's another revival, worldwide revival, brewing in the margins. So get excited and speak it and live it and be part of it. And, and I tell people, find out from God what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to sit there and mope. You're supposed to find out what your job is and go do it. 
-hmm. And hey, if you start doing that, you're going to be fine. Then you're going to be growing in intimacy, growing in power, and you're going to be a kingdom world changer all at the same time. That's right. That's right. Thank you so much for sharing. And thank you for uh, what you do, Dr. Verkler. And I certainly, I'm going to make it a point to get more closely connected with you. I love what you're saying. I love what you're doing. And uh, this morning I had posted something that I had heard the Holy Spirit speak to me uh, in prayer this morning. And he spoke a, a word to me. He said that reformation is beginning to move through cities. And uh, understand, I don't think what God's meaning is that he doesn't believe pastoral ministries or shepherds are important. They're vital. But he said he's removing the pastor as the center of attention in program-based performing environments. And he's recentering the apex, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the shepherd, the teacher to raise an army of believers. And I believe that's what the, the, mm -hmm. the leadership of the fivefold mostly is for, is for us to join hands and work together to train and equip and raise an army of believers to impact the spheres of society. Yes. So I'm going to create disciples of Jesus, not disciples of any particular party. Right. And then he's, the last thing he says, I'm moving in a deeper way into homes and coffee shops rather than fancy buildings. Yeah. I understand this work could, could offend some, and I, I don't intend to do that. I'm not trying to dismiss <laughs> the importance of local gathering. And But, you know, I, hey, I didn't say that word. God spoke it to me. <laughs> I'm just sharing it. But I say amen to it. And I believe that's what that's where we're at, mm -hmm. that God wants us to raise an army of powerful believers, sons and daughters of God that are significant in impacting the spheres of society in a powerful, mighty way. Amen. And, and to do that, we need yeah. to hear the voice of God. Absolutely. So thank you again. And once again, I'll put it one last time. Um, if you would like to, to get more information from Dr. Verkler, go to www.cwgministries.org forward slash four keys and you can actually get this four keys to hearing God's voice. You can also um, get your uh, uh, four keys along with electronic manual with some quizzes at www.clusschoolofthespirit.com. And of course, it's going to be courses and hearing God's voice as we all discovered that. So thank you again, Dr. Berkler. Thank you for, for being with us. And I look forward again to having you in the future. And may God richly bless you in your ministry and all that you do. Okay, John. Bless you. All Thanks. right. You take care. Bye-bye.